Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Wednesdays. And in the event that somehow it has escaped your knowledge, today is Valentine's Day. If you are not taking care of the women in your lives, you are done for. If you have not yet prepared for Valentine's Day and you just heard me say that opening sentence and you just had a holy crap moment, you should leave the show right now and you should make sure that you take care of Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is at the absolute apex of days that women use to test men and find us lacking. Valentine's Day, her birthday, your anniversary, Mother's Day, New Year's Eve. These are the five days when disaster can befall any man, any relationship. Woe unto you if you are unprepared for any of those five. Again, I beseech you, make sure that you have taken care of Valentine's Day. Only disaster can befall you now. You don't want to be the guy, and I've been the guy, who is trying to get in a restaurant tonight when all the other men made reservations months ago. You better suddenly pretend that you have been planning to cook for a long time because no woman ever forgets if she is in the passenger seat driving from restaurant to restaurant trying to get into a table and you cannot get in or you have to wait two hours or you have to sit at the bar. She doesn't like that either and eat there while everybody else is drinking. This is my last message to you that you better take care of that. So Valentine's Day is here Um, and we got a lot of different stories to dive into. College football setting the playoff parameters it a Peers in the wake of the demise of the Pac-12. What is that going to look like? Travis Kelsey apologizes for the Andy Reid bump. Chiefs were surprised the 49ers took the ball in overtime of the Super Bowl. Again, I've been saying since the moment it happened that I thought that was a strategic error by Kyle Shanahan. It definitely seems like it might have been. Bill Simmons, Pat McAfee firing shots back and forth at each other. What do we think about that? I've got a strong take on snow. A lot of you in the Northeast dealing with snow right now. Remote schooling on snow days is a sign that the apocalypse is near. It is unacceptable. Um, We've got uh, analysis on, I haven't talked yet about the Robert Herr uh, special counsel report that dropped on Thursday afternoon right as we finished Clay and Buck. You probably have heard me talk about it quite a bit on Clay and Buck, but I said yesterday I would talk about it. I haven't yet. Uh, I will give you my analysis there. My good friend Alyssa Milano raising money because she can't afford to go to Cooperstown, New York uh, with her son's travel baseball team, but she could afford to take her son to the Super Bowl where tickets cost over $10,000 each based on where she photographed herself and posted it on social media. We will discuss that. And I saw this and I couldn't believe it was real. A Democrat running for the Senate in uh, California has the cure for all of the issues that anyone might have in America today. She says the minimum wage should be raised to $50 an hour. Really, $50 an hour. The average person, no matter the job, should make over $100,000 a year. This reminds me of how I used to think about the national debt. I will discuss all of that and more. But we begin with the college football playoff. Uh, Reports out there that ESPN is going to pay $1.3 billion a year to have the playoff between 2031 and 2032, a six-year extension uh, on that. 
and they still have to finalize what exactly the playoff is going to look like. You guys know I'm obsessed with college football. Uh, uh, I believe that, and I've said this for a long time, so I think they're overthinking this. I would take the top 12 teams in the college football playoff rankings, 1 to 12, boom, that's what's going to happen. That's what should happen. Instead, they are going to take five conference champions, ACC, SEC, Big 12, and Big 10, plus the highest-rated non-Power 4 conference. Now the Pac-12 doesn't exist. And then the next seven highest-ranked teams after that. I disagree with this. Uh, I think they are overcomplicating, needlessly complicating, what the playoff should look like. 1-12, to it's why you have the college football playoff rankings in the first place. Top four teams get a bye in the 1-12 to rankings. Five plays 12, six plays 11, uh, seven plays 10, six plays, uh, six plays 11, whatever the math is on this. Uh, this is an easy solution, right? We don't need to needlessly complicate this. That's what they are doing. I am concerned. Seven plays 10, eight plays nine, I think would be the way the math would go there. Uh, I would play, and I've been arguing this for a long time, they're going to go 1-12. to 12. That's what they should do. They should play every game on the campus of the highest-seeded team except for the national championship game. I don't know why they're overthinking this. Uh, the NFL does a pretty good job. AFC, NFC championship games are at the highest seed, and then you sell the Super Bowl to the highest bidder. I just got back from Las Vegas. I imagine there would be a tremendous amount of cities that would bid to host the national championship game. I don't know why you wouldn't put every single game on campus except for the title game. Look, home field is great in the NFL. Home field is infinitely better on a college campus. And I know all of you out there who have been to games in the NFL and have been to games on a college campus would agree with me. There's no comparison to the quality of the environment on a college campus big Saturday game day with Sunday NFL action. And I'm fortunate I've been basically everywhere in the NFL. I've been to pretty much every major stadium at this point in college football. Having home field on a college campus is part of what makes the pomp, the circumstance, the, the pageantry of college football unique. I think they're overthinking it by trying to uh, sort of put these games into the bowls. It's also complicated for travel. Think about this for a sec. You could have a situation. You get, let's say you got a, you're a dad out there. Say you're a mom. You want to follow your favorite team. They could be in the conference title game. They could lose the conference title game, and then they don't get a bye, and then they have to go on the road, let's say, uh, for that first round. Then they have to go on the road for the next round. Then they have to go on the road for the next round. How many people out there, from a pure college football fan perspective, can actually afford to go on the road four times on short notice and have to go all over the country? I don't think there's that many people who can afford it. And to me, college football, being able to grab the next generation is what college football does so well. Generational spanning tailgates. It's so what's fabulous about college football, right? You go on a campus, you got a five-year-old, you got a 35-year-old dad, 
You got a 70-year-old uh, granddad. You might even have great-grandpa there. Multi-generations all sitting down, having a beer, having some food, getting ready for the game. It's relatively affordable still to be on a campus setting. But suddenly you have to get on four different airplane flights. You have to go all over the country on short notice. There aren't very many people who can afford to do all of this. And I just think it's unfortunate that we could be in that situation uh, where everything could, uh, could end up happening. By the way, uh, I'm being told right now, give me a better source than this. Uh, that there's uh, that there's an issue at the Chiefs parade. Um, let me see if I can pull up. I, I always say that I want to make sure that when I'm doing a live show uh, that something really significant doesn't happen. So I appreciate uh, the uh, the team out there being on top of this. So give me a give me a pause right now uh, to uh, to be uh, reading this. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs right now are obviously having, they're uh, having their parade, um, and they have been celebrating uh, to the obviously their Super Bowl championship. Um, so this is from. Let me pull it up and just make sure I see it myself uh, from the Kansas City Police account, and I want to look it up. Uh, this is the official Kansas City Police uh, in the last 13 minutes. Shots have been fired around Union Station. Please leave the area. I'm reading. This is the official Kansas City uh, Police report. Shots were fired west of Union Station near the garage. Multiple people were struck. Two armed people have been taken into custody. Uh, anyone nearby needs to leave the area as quickly and safely as possible to facilitate treatment of the shooting victims. Please avoid the Union Station parking garage area uh, to allow first responders through. Um, that is the absolute latest. That has just happened. That tweet that I just read from you uh, just sent a couple of minutes ago. So appreciate the crew back in Nashville letting me know about that. Uh, we'll obviously update you on OutKick uh, throughout the course of Hot Mike with Chad Withrow and Jonathan Hutton, which is the show that's going to be on as a part of the OutKick Network after this one. Uh, but appreciate the crew letting me know that literally has just happened. Again, they're celebrating uh, in Kansas City. Uh, and there will be more details that, uh, that come out about that. But just FYI, that's obviously very serious. Far more serious than my takes on the college football playoff or what I was going to talk about next, uh, which I'm going to continue. But that is the latest on that. Um, and it sounds like everything is in control in terms of the suspects being in the custody of the Kansas City Police. And certainly we hope that anybody who was wounded there is going to be okay. Uh, and we'll continue to follow this. It's going to be a major story uh, as a part of the OutKick Network and certainly at OutKick.com. A um, couple of stories, obviously far less significant here. Uh, Travis Kelsey has apologized for bumping head coach Andy Reid in the Super Bowl during the first half. That would have. If the Chiefs had gone on to lose this game, Travis Kelsey bumping Andy Reid would have been by far the number one story in all of sports media on Monday. As a result of the Kansas City Chiefs coming back and winning that game, most people just completely moved on from that story and 
Travis Kelsey really hasn't been that criticized. Now, I saw Tyreek Hill said, oh, this is because of the, his race. Like, I always think that's dumb. The reality is, I believe, pretty much everybody in the NFL gets treated the same no matter what they do on the field. Uh, Tyreek Hill also has tons of off-the-field-related issues that he's had in his past, and he's still a 100 millionaire because he's really talented at playing football. The reality, and I've been making this argument for a long time, you can be upset about it, but the reality is, so long as your talent exceeds your problems, you are always going to be able to be employed in the NFL. That is the reality. Uh, Travis Kelsey, still very uh, talented uh, and, and certainly played well down the stretch, but that would have been the number one story in media on Monday and Sunday night, I really do believe, if the 49ers had ended up winning there. Uh, we also have talked a lot about the analytics on what exactly went on uh, with the decision by the San Francisco 49ers to take the ball. The Chiefs were surprised the 49ers took the ball. There's now video out of Patrick Mahomes running off the field, surprised they took the ball. If the Chiefs said one, the Chiefs were going to choose to take the ball second, which is what the right play was. And I don't know if Kyle Shanahan was unprepared for this. I don't know if he didn't know that each team was guaranteed a possession. It felt like they were scrambling to try and justify the decision to take the ball first by saying we would have gotten the ball third. But the reality is the Chiefs have since come out and said we would have gone for two, which is the reality. There's almost no way that this would go to a third possession. So I've said from the get-go, I just think Kyle Shanahan got it wrong. I think probably they weren't prepared for overtime, probably didn't know that the overtime rules had changed. And so I think they made the wrong choice from a win perspective uh, as it goes to, uh, to, to breaking uh, all, of, uh, all of this down. Again, from an analytics perspective, the Chiefs would have gone for two if they had needed to score a touchdown to tie. They weren't going to kick the extra point, risk missing it, which we saw the 49ers do, and then give the 49ers the ball without a chance to come back on their own side and be able to score. So uh, all of that uh, out there. I wanted to mention, too, you guys know I paid off $794 of Alyssa Milano's travel baseball team trip to Cooperstown, New York. Uh, I was fortunate last summer. I went to Cooperstown, New York with my 12-year-old travel ball team. It was an awesome time. I'd never been to Cooperstown. We got to go to the Baseball Hall of Fame. My whole family was up there. Tremendous trip. I encourage anybody who's a part of the travel baseball community to make that trip. But, but as you break all of this down, Alyssa Milano is worth 15 or $20 million minimum. She drives a $200,000 car. She's got a multi-million dollar mansion. Now, I know Bidenomics has a lot of people struggling out there. Uh, so I agreed to pay off the $794 so that the travel team could go. Still no thank you from Alyssa Milano. She then goes to the Super Bowl and posts a photo of she and her 12-year-old son that she's been begging for money for from people less fortunate than her. And they're sitting in seats that would cost over $10,000 each. So you're trying to raise $10,000 so your son's travel ball team can go to Cooperstown 
Meanwhile, you're willing to spend at least $20,000 to take your son to the, uh, to the Super Bowl. Now, look, I'm fortunate now. My family's taken care of. We got plenty of money. I got back from Australia recently. I just got back from the Super Bowl. I took my wife. What would you have thought if I had gone on social media and I had asked for you guys to fund directly my trip to Australia or my trip to the Super Bowl? A lot of you would have justifiably said, what are you talking about? You should pay for your own family's extracurricular activities. If you're rich, you shouldn't ask people poorer than you to pay for your family's extracurricular activities, for your vacations, for your travel ball expenses. And I also don't agree with asking for money this way as opposed to actually having the kids go out and do the work themselves. What are you actually teaching them? All these things are very valid questions that Alyssa Milano, I think, should have to answer for. uh, And it just looks particularly tone deaf. Um, So I would just factor that in, in general, as that story has gone viral since. And oh, by the way, not that I need it, but she still hasn't said thank you to me for helping to fund her son's travel trip to Cooperstown, New York. Uh, A couple of other stories that are out there. Massive snow day on the East Coast. Many people out there on the East Coast uh, getting uh, getting hit. Um, and uh, sorry, I'm still getting updated on the uh, on the shooting out there. Um, let me see what this is because I want to make sure that um, that I'm on top of things. Um, Just the uh, just the continued uh, continued story surrounding uh, everything. Oh, uh, much less serious. They also have fired Steve Wilkes as the 49ers defensive coordinator. A little bit surprised. They didn't play very well in the first half, second half. Um, but maybe the fallout. Certainly, if they had won that game, I don't think Steve Wilkes would have gotten fired. Uh, other breaking news, much less significant, obviously, than the shooting uh, that took place uh, in Kansas City. Um, also, uh, snow day issues, New York city got popped, uh, six, eight inches, whole East coast got hit. You guys know that I think shutting down schools for COVID was a ridiculous choice. Indefensible. I've been arguing against it for years. We're coming up on the four year anniversary now of schools shutting down. Some kids were doing remote schooling for years before all was said and done. Remote schooling doesn't work very well. But this trend that I'm seeing now of on snow days, kids have remote schooling. This is what New York City did. It is an abomination. There is, look, throughout kid history, there is nothing better than a snow day. Get your sled, put on your jackets, get in a snowball fight, celebrate the fact that there is no school. The idea that we're going to take from COVID, not the lesson that we never should have shut down and that remote schooling is an oxymoron and doesn't really work, but that we're going to try to apply that for snow days, indefensible. We have to draw the line here and say no. I'm speaking out on behalf of kids. 
I'm speaking out on behalf of teachers. I'm speaking out on behalf of parents who can't remember their Wi-Fi passwords and are going to be frustrated. And by the way, tons of kids out there that don't have access to get on the internet from home. Let kids be kids. Snow days mean no school. Means everybody gets to go out and have an incredible time. Some of you will remember, uh, I used to name, I named myself humbly the snow czar of Nashville, Tennessee when I did local sports talk radio. Uh, I would bring the reports about the snow. I would encourage people how to survive uh, and that you would, in fact, live through snowfall in the South. Snow days should mean no school. This is an abomination that we've even allowed this to become a reality. Uh, finally, what else do I have written down here? Oh, the Robert Hur. Robert Hur analysis. A lot of people out there talking about Robert Hur. Oh, he's not a doctor. He doesn't know what he's talking about. How in the world is he going to be able uh, to, uh, to analyze Joe Biden's mental and physical capacity? It's actually the essence of the decision that he made. I keep hearing a lot of people say, well, why in the world should he be telling us what he thinks about Joe Biden's mental state? Who cares whether Joe Biden knew the year that his son died? Who cares if Joe Biden doesn't know what years he was still the vice president of the United States? Why is that Robert Hur's job? Because Joe Biden's mental capacity is the alibi, the get-out-of-jail-free card that he actually gave to Joe Biden after he determined that Joe Biden had willfully broken the law as it pertains to the classified documents. This is me putting my lawyer hat on here. Almost every crime requires two parts, mens rea and an actus, actus rea. An actus rea is the actual act itself. The mens rea is the intent to commit the crime. What they're basically saying is that due to Joe Biden's diminished faculties, he lacks the ability to have the intent to commit a crime, okay? And that a jury would not find him guilty as a result. Here's the problem with that. If Joe Biden doesn't have the mental capacity to commit a crime, how does he have the mental capacity to be president of the United States? To me, both of those things can't be true. If you can't be convicted of committing a crime because a jury wouldn't believe that you have the mental ability to commit that crime, then how in the world are you able to argue that you have the mental capacity to be president? But for people out there who are saying, why in the world did Robert Hur put that in? Otherwise, he would have probably had to charge Joe Biden with felonies. This was the get out of G, uh, jail card. This was the alibi that was provided in this context. Um, and, uh, and so I think that is significant, uh, and that's why it had to be in the report. I still believe that Joe Biden is not going to be the nominee, and I think this report was part and parcel of continuing the process under which Joe Biden will not be allowed to be the, uh, the nominee going forward. Uh, finally, we've got a battle going on in sports media. A battle royale, you guys know I love covering all of these tempest turmoil uh, that exists out there. Pat McAfee, who is on ESPN now, has been firing back and forth with Bill Simmons, who's a part of The Ringer. I believe Bill Simmons sold The Ringer uh, to Spotify a while ago, and Simmons has a very popular podcast. 
I know Simmons. I know McAfee. I like both of these guys. I don't know either one of them super well. Like, I haven't been out drinking with them or I haven't been out to dinner with them or anything like that. So I'm not claiming uh, that I'm a close personal friend here. But I think really what the conflict is emblematic of is I do think Simmons has got the back of Jimmy Kimmel. Um, And I do think there's tension between Jimmy Kimmel and Pat McAfee. But I also think this goes to a divergent opinion in terms of sports media. Um, Simmons, whatever you think of him, is probably a lot like me. We got a lot of opinions. I'll get, I mean, I get, what did I give you opinions on today? Snow days and how we should handle them. Alyssa Milano and how she, could, uh, how she should be making decisions about her travel ball team and whether she's a huge hypocrite, which, by the way, she is. What should the college football playoff look like? What about Travis Kelsey's bump of Andy Reid? The poor decision, in my opinion, by the 49ers not to take the ball to start off overtime. Every one of these opinions, also Valentine's Day, and how many different days are designed for men to get things screwed up. That's just on this show. It doesn't count the three hours of opinions I gave you on Clay and Buck. You can agree or disagree with me on everything. I am just one opinion after another. That's what my job is. Bill Simmons is an opinion guy. A lot of those opinions end up being right. A lot of those opinions end up being wrong. But you listen to him for his opinions. McAfee seems to me to be, and I don't watch his show because it's on at the same time as mine, McAfee seems to be more of a guy who has guests on and they give opinions. And so this conflict is over basically, hey, what is the job of sports media? Simmons is a super opinion guy. McAfee, to my experience, does not seem to be a super opinion guy. And I think also probably layered in there is McAfee seems to have complete autonomy to do whatever the hell he wants at ESPN. And Simmons felt like he was constantly being managed and being berated for some of the choices that he made and suspended sometimes for some of those takes. So I think that's probably in conjunction also with the Jimmy Kimmel angle where this tension is coming from. Um, And uh, I just kind of find it entertaining. Uh, Nobody feuds with me anymore. Like every now and then Keith Olbermann will fire away at me. There was a day back when people would take shots at me all the time. Now OutKick has gotten so big and we've gotten into spats so many times over the last decade There's almost nobody out there that has an audience of my size that ever says anything negative about me at all. Maybe I miss it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's like tons of people out there with millions of followers that are constantly taking shots at me. I I just don't see it. Um, And I think that's because OutKick's gotten so bad and you guys are so active on social media that by and large, uh, you'll get deluged. Now, well, I guess somebody on McAfee's show took a shot at me over Aaron Rodgers being on the show. Maybe that was the last time somebody took a shot. Um, I'm like America's sweetheart now. I, I just, I, everybody loves me. I, I just, it's, a, it's a strange position to be in. Everywhere I go, all I get is praise. All I get is, is kisses, beloved hugs. I am as popular as Cupid on Valentine's Day. Uh, and I guess that's just my life now. Uh, I love all of you. If you haven't taken care of Valentine's Day, make sure that you do. Uh, certainly at OutKick. I'll be on with the Hot Mike guys here in a little bit. Um, They will continue to follow the breaking news that came out while I was on the air here. 
about the shooting in Kansas City. I hope everybody is okay. Reports are that the shooters are in custody, um, and, uh, and we certainly hope uh, that everybody will be safe uh, in the Kansas City area as they celebrate a second straight Super Bowl win and a, what's it, third Super Bowl in the last four years, whatever the heck it is. Um, appreciate all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I am Clay Travis. This has been Outkick the Show. Same time tomorrow, reminder. I'll also, like I said, be on with Withrow and Hutton on Hot Mike. Uh, and then uh, I'll be on tomorrow, and then I'm headed down uh, to Florida with my family for whatever it's called now, midwinter break. Now we got winter break, midwinter breaks, spring breaks. Kids are never in school. They got it good. I'll see you guys tomorrow.